Kia ora and welcome to my daily podcast. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is a podcast and an email newsletter that I put out through my Substack. It's called The Kaka. I focus on Aotearoa's political economy and in particular housing, unaffordability, climate change inaction and poverty reduction, which I actually think are all the same story really. If you can solve the housing issue, you can solve the other two as well. So that's why I tend to spend a lot of time looking at what's happening with housing supply, what's happening with housing demand, what's happening with the tax situation around housing, because I have a sort of a housing theory of everything, which is that most of our problems are caused by a lack of housing and our unaffordable housing, and if we could solve those problems, we could solve a lot of this country's problems. So when there's a potential for a big move in house prices uh, and uh, uh, one that people perhaps haven't thought about yet, I jump on it. So in the last ooh, couple of weeks, we've started to see the shape of the relative uh, policies of the main centre-right and centre-left groups for the election, which we know is on October the 14th. Uh, it's getting quite close now. <laughs> uh, sure, the actual election date may be five months away, but uh, actual voting starts a good month or so before that. So we're not far away from people starting to actual, actually put votes down. And we know that it's going to be a close election from the polls. Essentially, the centre-right and the centre-left are neck and neck. And it's not clear who's going to win. Uh, however, if there is a change of government, uh, then it's quite clear there will be a change of policies around housing. National and ACT have both promised to repeal the interest deductibility rules put in place by Labour, which mean that rental property investors can only claim at the moment 50% of the costs of their interest on their debt for tax purposes, and that's due to go down to 25% next year and 0% the year after that. Now, we've known about this for quite some time. Uh, this all cropped up in 2021, and when it was announced, it was a real shock for people. and was one of the reasons we saw house prices peak back at the end of, of 2021. Now, house prices have fallen around 15 to 20%, depending on where you are, since then, in part because of that change, but also because uh, interest rates have risen sharply. So we've seen um, fixed mortgage rates, the best fixed mortgage rates, rise from just over 2% to just under 6% now, um, depending on the length of the fixed mortgage rate you're getting. Because the Reserve Bank, of course, um, hiked the official cash rate and interest rates globally have risen sharply in response to the uh, much higher than expected rise in inflation and the longer than expected time that inflation was up. Uh, also, um, we've seen, at least initially through 2021 and 2022, um, very limited population growth uh, relative to previous years, and that's of course because of the closure of our borders during COVID. So, uh, the tone of the whole housing market for the last couple of years has been a bit depressed in terms of house prices. They've been falling in most places now for a good 6 to 12 months in some places, Auckland and Wellington for a couple of years. And um, everyone starts to 
look for when are we going to get to the bottom. And uh, picking the bottom is, of course, a crucial moment because um, just like anyone watching markets, um, you don't want to get in before the markets uh, are bounced. Otherwise, you're essentially catching a falling knife and cutting your hand. Uh, but of course, if you wait until after the market bounces, then you're going to potentially going to get caught um, out of the market um, when the music stops and uh, have to take a bit of a a bath because you're having to buy into a buying a rising market. That's the risk, of course, when you sell low and have to buy high, you are um, in danger of um, having to uh, um, pay a lot more than you'd like. So everyone, of course, wants to pick the bottom and buy at the bottom. That's the place to do it. And um, we're starting to see now um, economists and others uh, start to pick the bottom. Yesterday, ANZ's team of economists, and remember, they have pretty much the biggest team of economists amongst the banks, and and only second, really, to the team of economists at the Reserve Bank and maybe Treasury, uh, yesterday came out with a big note saying, right, we're there, we've hit the bottom, and we're now about to bounce. Uh, ANZ increased its uh, house price forecast by about 8%. And actually um, increased its house price forecast more than the Reserve Bank did. So last week, the biggest group of economists and the Reserve Bank, who controls the official cash rate, so you'd think that uh, they wouldn't be too bad at forecasting house prices, or at least le um, less inaccurate <laughs> than others, uh, also increased its house price forecast by about 8%. And that's because we've seen a surge in net migration, which is increasing population growth. We're seeing a house price, house building come off the boil. And because interest rates, which some people thought would keep increasing through this year, haven't. So when you look at the two and three year fixed mortgage rates, they've actually fallen a bit since the end of December, despite what you might read in the newspapers and listen here from opposition leaders. Uh, there's certainly been a flattening of interest rates in the last six months or so. And that's because interest rates globally have stopped rising in the last six months or so. And because the Reserve Bank last week surprised everyone by not increasing its peak forecast for the official cash rate from 5.5% and essentially said, that's it. And there was a um, rubbing of the hands together. We've done enough. Um, we've got inflation under control now. That's as high as we need to go. We're going to wait and see what happens from here. So that's a, a key moment when interest rates stop rising. It's a key moment when you see house uh, supply stop rising at a fast rate. And it's a key moment when you see population growth surge. And all of those three things have happened together. So um, it looks like house prices are about to bounce. And remember, we're just going into June. And um, typically, um, as the weather warms up through the spring and into the summer, that's when you see activity increase. And typically, that's where you'll see if there's going to be a bounce, a bounce in house prices. Now, I'm seven minutes into this podcast, and I haven't really mentioned politics. And that's the guts of my argument here and my call which um, I'm very happy to bet chocolate fish on, <laughs> at least. Which is, if there is a clear National Act victory uh, on the night of October the 14th this year, which is possible, because the last 
poll, couple of polls have showed that National Act could govern alone, then I think there is a chance that house prices bounce 10 to 20% in the following few months as people rush into the open homes, rush into the auctions, and buy with their ears pinned back. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. Uh, firstly, um, National has clearly said we will remove the interest deductibility rules that Labor put in place and bring back the, or wind back the bright line test from 10 years, which is where Labor have put it, back to the two years that National um, are brought in, because uh, everyone forgets this is a national policy. And uh, that is um, by itself going to help bolster house prices. Now, we don't know exactly how much, but we know that uh, when the interest deductibility was announced, that people estimated it was likely, all other things being equal, to lower house prices by about 10%. So, firstly, a change in tax situations will um, increase the upwards pressure on house prices. Secondly, National and ACT have at least both said that they would run tighter fiscal policy, or they've indicated as much by saying we'd, we'd be much um, uh, tighter with the purse strings, and that's the implication of their rhetoric at least. We still haven't seen the detail on how much of a fiscal policy tightening they want to deliver, what their tax policies are, what their spending policies are. But um, they're probably going to have to demonstrate that if they're going to give tax increases, they're going to have to offset that with spending cuts and probably equal spending cuts so that net you're going to have at least um, neutral fiscal policy, if not an actual tightening. And what we've seen over time is that um, typically uh, uh, without some particular type of crisis uh, in play, then national governments have tended to run slightly tighter fiscal policies. Not always, but certainly from, let's say, 2011 to 2017, national ran tighter fiscal policies than Labour. Not that much tighter, actually, than between 2017 and 2020. And uh, both of them were equally loose during um, crises of the global financial crisis, the uh, Christchurch earthquake, or at least the first year of that, and the um, COVID um, catastrophe of 2020 and 2021. So if National and ACT change the tax policies, as they have promised, if National and ACT tighten fiscal policy, as they have promised, then you're more than likely to see a fall in mortgage rates, or at least um, more of a fall in mortgage rates under National Act than you might have seen under Labour. Again, all other things being equal, this is my big juicy caveat um, to ensure I get chocolate fish. Uh, so um, that means you've got at least two factors driving up uh, um, house prices after October 14 if there is a National Act win. Firstly, tax changes. Secondly, lower mortgage rates. And then you've got, thirdly, uh, potentially a further increase in net migration because National has indicated even looser uh, uh, migration policy settings than Labour. And uh, ha it has also suggested that it would not uh, expand the amount of house building that Kainga Ora does and possibly cut it back. 
the initial indications we've gotten from Nationals Housing Policy in the weekend past is that it would use leftover money in Kainga Ora's build program and in other programs, including Kiwi Build, to um, provide incentives to councils to do housing consent. So net no increase in infrastructure spending on housing and um, that all other things being equal is likely to see less housing supply going into the market. Now we know from what we've seen with house price, um, with uh, housing supply and with uh, net migration over the last six months that so far in 2023 we're running about three and a half thousand houses short of the uh, population growth that we've had. So we've we've gone from some sort of, you know, a surplus of new houses being built relative to new people coming into the country to a significant deficit. And you can see that in the charts that we've included from the ANZ, which has looked at those. And uh, you can also see it starting to come through in some green shoots in the market. Um, for example, auction clearance rates in Auckland have improved. We're seeing a shortage of supply of listings going into the market, um, more activity in open homes. Mortgage brokers are reporting that banks are being keener. And certainly there's plenty of competition between the banks with all sorts of cashback schemes and various other things going on. So um, here's the prediction. Uh, happy to pay people chocolate fish if I'm horribly wrong, um, although I'll also put point to my caveats and all other things being equal and the likes. But I would expect if there's a clear National Act victory on the night of October the 14th, house prices in effect will bounce between 10 and 20 percent uh, in the following few months of the spring and early summer of the end of this year. And you may ask, um, where on earth do you get that from? That's never happened before. Oh, well, actually it has. In, um, and in a way, at a very similar point in the electoral cycle. So um, National was in power from 2008 to 2014. And for much of 2014, they were behind Labour in the polls, effectively. And for a, quite a while there, there was a, a significant chance that National would lose in its attempt to get a third term. And uh, um, the then Labour leader, David Cunliffe, um, uh, along with Labour, proposed some, uh, some pretty aggressive tax policies, the capital gains tax, of course. Now, during that election campaign, which when it started, um, wasn't, you know, it was in doubt that National would get a third term. John Key was the leader and he was up against David Cunliffe. He slaughtered Cunliffe in the Christchurch televised debate at the press particularly with some questions about uh, um, Labor's capital gains tax in relation to family trusts, which uh, implied that the capital gains tax was in effect a, an inheritance tax that would uh, catch um, regular Kiwi families with trusts uh, and mean that uh, what was a capital gains tax aimed at rental property investors would also infect and uh, hit regular Kiwi families with trusts. Uh, that's that's an interesting um, argument and you can have some fun debating back and forth but certainly it was seen at the time as a um, slam dunk um, win for John Key in that debate and eventually Key went on to win. It was fairly close but um, a clear win for uh, National for a third term. 
almost immediately after the doubt had been removed about whether or not there was going to be a capital gains tax, everyone rushed into the open homes in the final two or three months of October. And we saw a house price increase of 10.8% in the three months after the 2014 election. So we have been here before. And uh, since 2017, house prices rose a further 140% because neither neither government of national or labour are willing to fundamentally change the underpinnings of our political economy or our economy, which is... It is a housing market with bits tacked on. And to solve this issue, you need to change the underlying fiscal settings for the government to increase substantially the amount of infrastructure investment and or change the migration settings. Um, In my view, it's quite hard to change those migration settings in both a political and an economic sense. I'm a fan of uh, a big New Zealand, if you like. Um, But if you're going to do that, you have to invest heavily in infrastructure to ensure you don't have these endemic housing shortages that we've got, not to mention infrastructure around transport, housing, uh, education, health. And that um, is going to mean that uh, either National or Labour have to drop their uh, um, adherence to what I call the 30-30 policy, which is for the last 30 years... National and Labour have essentially said uh, we want to reduce the size of government to around about 30% of GDP and keep it there. There'll be the odd crisis here and there and it bounces around one or two percentage points of GDP, but it won't change that much. And that's effectively way different from what we saw up to the mid-1980s when New Zealand's government was worth around about half of GDP. So we had you know, income tax rates well over 50%, those sorts of things. Uh, um, So both National and Labour since the late 1980s have been trying to press down on the size of government. And Labour has uh, reiterated that's its plan. In fact, before the 2017 election, it actually committed to a set of fiscal rules which said it wanted the size of government to be around about 30% of GDP. Now, both of them have uh, committed to some sort of debt ceiling over the years. Now, the definitions of the debt ceiling, whether it's gross or net, have changed Uh, Currently, the Labour government is committed to keeping net debt, net debt, which includes the New Zealand Super Fund, uh, below 30% of GDP, hence the 30-30 thing. Uh, National um, previously committed to keeping net debt or getting net debt under 20% of GDP in a gross sense. So it's hard to compare the apples with the apples, but in essence, both National and Labour depending on when you look at net or gross, are committed to keeping the size of government down and the size of public debt down, which means neither are going to address these issues around infrastructure shortages, which have driven uh, house prices to amongst the most expensive in the world. And my point here with this piece is that now we're starting to see the shape of the relative fiscal and housing policies of national and labour, and the fact that the result is uncertain, there is now a real prospect that if there is a National Act government, um, there is the uh, chance, quite high chance, I think, of a 10 to 20% rise in house prices in the spring and summer of 2023-24. And 
this raises the stakes for the election. Uh, as I've said before, um, we don't have an economy. We have a housing market with bits tacked on. I think we may not have an election about the wide future of New Zealand. We will have an election about a housing market with bits tacked on. I'm Bernard Hickey for The Kaka. That was my daily podcast for Wednesday, May the 31st. And come October the 15th, if I'm wrong, I'm happy to pay a chocolate fish. Please send me your emails with your addresses for said chocolate fish. Kaki Tate and all.